0: Hey, hey, before we get to today's edition of 10,000 Pitches, which is a great show on tap, Josh Rampton, and David Gripplinger from Mateau FC, your 2020 WPASL Primary Cup Champions. Great interview with them on tap. But first, got to tell you about our friends at Stimulus Athletic. We have had the pleasure of working with Stimulus on designing, developing, distributing, and creating the 10k kit, which is available for sale right now. 10kpitches.itemorder.com. Use promo code 10kfam at checkout. That's F-A-M as in Mary, not fan as in ceiling fan, fam as in family. 10kfam at checkout gets you a $10 discount on the 10k kit. But our experience working with stimulus has been nothing but amazing from the start. What did I do? Well, I was looking to create a a soccer jersey to sell and kind of start to monetize this podcast a little bit, right? So I found Stimulus Athletic. They work with Minneapolis City, FC Buffalo, so many other great lower league clubs to make so many awesome kits. That, that I decided to give them a try. They're local, they're Minneapolis based. It seemed like the perfect fit. So I went to stimulusathletic.com, clicked the design tab, filled out a quick design form. And then within 48 hours, Charlene from Stimulus got back to me and we started the process on designing the 10K kit. Charlene was super patient with me. We went back and forth five, six, seven times on, on different designs and ideas and things that I thought I wanted, but then had to kind of go back on cause they didn't exactly fit uh, what I was thinking. And we came up with something that, that we're all really proud of. And it was such a great process working with Stimulus on this design and on this kit. So if you're a coach, manager, owner, you know if you have a team and you're looking to outfit them and you're looking to outfit them with a quality jersey at an affordable price, a quality uniform, quality warmups, quality t-shirts, quality backpacks, you know, whatever it is that you want to outfit your team with. Stimulus can help you do it and they can do it at a price that fits your budget. So like I said, go to StimulusAthletic.com. If you already have a design, if you have a graphic designer, or if if you're good with that kind of stuff and you have the design you want for your jerseys or whatever you want, uh, you know, Stimulus is happy to create that for you and distribute it. But If you're like us and you weren't really sure what you wanted, but you did want an expert team to work with on designing your jersey or whatever piece of uniform memorabilia you want to outfit your team with, uh, Stimulus, their design team's awesome. Like I said, working with them was was fantastic. So again, go to stimulusathletic.com, click the design tab, fill out the quick form, and you will get the process started on looking good, feeling good, and playing good. This fall, winter, spring, whenever your season is, contact Stimulus Athletic to get your team outfitted and make sure you tell them that Jeremy from 10,000 Pitches sent you. And remember, use promo code 10KFAM, as in family, at checkout and you'll get a $10 discount on the 10K kit. Here we go. It is Thursday, September 3rd, and another edition of 10,000 Pitches. We're a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer. My name is Jeremy Rushing. And we had planned on dropping an episode last Thursday. Great conversation between myself, Eli Hoff, and Jacob Schneider from Epler Barcelona uh, about everything Minnesota United, about their new development academy system, about uh, kind of where they stood in phase one of MLS's return to play. And uh, we were previewing the match that they were going to have against FC Dallas on Saturday. But, but then the sports world kind of stood still for a little bit as the Milwaukee Bucks started uh, a, a domino effect of, of basically labor strikes uh, across sports. Um, you know, players, teams, leagues saying that, that they weren't going to play and it was in a way a protest, but I call it more of a labor strike uh, amid the uh, police shooting of Jacob Blake. Uh, a black man in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, so being that 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 was the main focus and that so many of these teams and leagues were kind of taking the initiative to make sure the conversations were being had in terms of how to, you know, bring light, bring more light to the injustices that we're seeing in our societies and, and, and ensure that uh, we're taking steps toward making our country, opportunities in our country equal for every race, for every neighborhood, for every walk of life. Um, you know, that's the conversations that needed to be had. And that's the light that needed to be shown. And I did not want to do anything promotional that would sort of take away from those conversations. So we did not drop that episode last Thursday. I'm not sure if or when I'm going to post that conversation with Eli and Jacob, because it's a lot of the content that we talked about has kind of expired at this point. We're kind of talking about where Minnesota United stood one week ago today. uh, And we're now two matches later. Um, You know, a, a lot of it was previewing that match against FC Dallas last weekend. So if I were to post it, it won't be in podcast form. It'll be maybe on YouTube. Maybe I'll just post the unedited video version of that interview on YouTube for you, for anybody to check out at their convenience, if you'd like. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that yet, but it was a great conversation. I was sad that that's not going to, you know, get out into the public, into your ears, at least at this point. Uh, but obviously there are more important things going on in the world uh, this time last week that I wanted to make sure it got there Got their due spotlight. But this week we have a fantastic show on tap because I am talking to Josh Ramft and David Ripplinger of Bateau FC. Bateau FC are the 2020 WPASL Wisconsin Primary Amateur Soccer League, primary cup champions they won the cup uh no playoff system this year because of covid but they did finish with the most regular season points so they are the champions of northwest wisconsin and uh amateur soccer and we will talk to them about how it feels to be champs their thoughts on the season as a whole especially considering the the health situation and circumstances that we were facing actually the league itself faced a big issue when it, in the middle of their season, uh, when it came to COVID-19, that they sort of overcame and, and did so very impressively. So we're going to talk about that uh, during the interview as well. Um, I was going to start the podcast with uh, some Minnesota United talk because they did just finish off their match against Houston, which entered in a 3-0 defeat at the hands of the Dynamo. But last couple matches have really not brought much positive to talk about not really much negative to talk about either because it's pretty straightforward they're not defending right now uh they're 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 not passing well right now the interplay between this team the cohesiveness between this team just doesn't seem to be there especially in the attacking and the defending thirds they've allowed 11 goals in their last four matches when you count the orlando quarterfinal of the or excuse me the semifinal of the mls's back tournament now when you just count Phase one and and the games that actually count and we'll go on the record. It's eight goals in the last three matches. Either way, it's not good and it's not up to the defensive quality that we are used to seeing from Minnesota United. So that's really it when it comes to, you know, summing up what's wrong with this team. Obviously, there's a lot wrong offensively as well. They're not creating great chances. The service has not been as consistently good as we've seen it, you know, in the early part of this season, last season and, you know, goaltending Greg Roggensing, he's doing what he can, but I mean, he's facing point blank shots. Um, so it's tough to save those, but I don't, I don't know if he's really shown enough to, to prove that he's the answer at goalkeeper right now. So that's kind of where we're at with Minnesota United. We did see Emmanuel Reynoso make his first appearance tonight or last night, if you're listening on Thursday. And I think he showed right away what he can really bring to this Minnesota United team. Um, he seemed to just kind of, now a lot of it was fresh legs, obviously, but he just kind of seemed to have that, that, that little extra that Minnesota United didn't have, uh, especially that they haven't really shown they have over the last few matches. So I'm really excited to see him get a start. Um, I I think there's no reason to, to think that he won't start Saturday against RSL or excuse me, Sunday against RSL. That's the, that's the match, the back at Allianz field on Sunday. So I fully expect him to start and, and we'll see, see how he does. Up top, don't know if it's going to be Amaria or Toy. Toy started tonight. I would like to see Amaria get that start, get paired with Reynoso, and see if having that quality number 10 behind him in the 4-2-3-1 kind of brings out what Minnesota United fans hope it'll bring out in Luis San Maria. And that's that's the quality that he – is. the reason we brought him in, right? The reason Minnesota United brought him in is because of the quality that he showed. And he did show flashes of that in the first two – matches before coronavirus put a stop to the season. So maybe Reynoso can kind of unlock that, uh, that portion of Amaria's game that's been lacking. Um, I will say this, if, if Amaria can't do it, or if Reynoso can't do it, then, then nobody can do it. And I don't know if we see much of a future for Amaria in a Minnesota United uniform if Reynoso really can't bring that most out of him. But I do want to see Amaria at least have the chance to work with Reynoso, get paired with Reynoso in that 4-2-3-1 and see if they can make some magic together. So that's kind of what I hope and expect to see on Sunday against RSL. I'm not going to dive too deep into the loss. Again, last couple matches, I've left a lot to be desired if you're a Minnesota United fan. So we'll see if they can right the ship again starting Sunday. But now let's go ahead and get to my guest interview this week. So excited to bring this to you. It's Josh Ramft and David Ripplinger of Bateau FC, your 2020 WPASL Primary Cup champions. Guys, thank you so much for taking some time. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having us, Jeremy. Yeah, happy to be here.
0: So first off, right off the bat, you guys are the champs. How's it feel?
2: It feels absolutely amazing. Um, long time coming. Took second last year, so... To bring home the hardware to our city has been absolutely incredible.
1: You know, we lost to Baron twice last year. We drew with him once, and then we, uh, we beat him both, both matches this season. Um, faced some new competition, but we were able to overcome those odds and overcome the odds of COVID and emerge uh, as champions, so couldn't be happier.
0: And this makes you technically two-time regular season champions, right? Because you guys did finish with the most points in the regular season last year as well, right?
2: Oh, yes, we, we did. We made our own trophy last year. You didn't <laughs> give us one. We made our own. <laughs>
0: you know,
1: I'll have to grab a photo of that for you so you can uh, share it widely. It's, uh, it's pretty ridiculous. It's called the, uh, what was it the Supporters Cup? <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> and it's a cup that is uh, kind of like a bobblehead.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, <laughs> send a picture of that. We'll, we'll tweet it out from the 10K account for sure. It was a pretty heated yeah. battle, though, this year at the top of the table with Lobos heading into that final weekend. But, I mean, you guys kind of knew heading into your final match what you had to do to lift the trophy. Did that make you more nervous heading into that match, or was it better in your mind kind of knowing the result you had to get in order to, uh, to be the champs?
2: Personally, for myself, um, looking at the rest of our team and kind of their mindset going in, some of them, I, I think it, I think it was split. Yeah. Some of them enjoyed knowing the result, while others knowing the result made them a little nervous and that had to do with uh, with with our team's makeup as well with with having some veteran players on our team and we have some youth on our team so so it, it we had a great mix but I did feel like knowing the result it was it was kind of it was kind of nerve-wracking because that changed Hayward's game plan as well they knew that oh Eau Claire needs the win so we're just gonna sit back and I felt like they sat back in a back five the entire game
1: mm-hmm and so that, that added to the whole the drama at the end of the season. So it was, it was exciting. We kind of figured Globos was going to win their last match. Um, so we, some of us approached going into Hayward on Sunday that we knew we absolutely needed to win uh, because that would just put everything beyond a reason of a doubt. Um, it was a little nerve wracking in the first half and um, you know, we had a few really good opportunities that, that went begging, but uh, uh, Hayward went ahead and that spurred us into action a little bit more. We became more intentional with our chances. We uh, really tried to force the game into their uh, half of the field. And uh, uh, once we got the equalizer, it, it seemed that we were on the front foot. We just couldn't find that second goal. And mm-hmm. once we did, uh, we were able to just hold on.
0: Yeah, I ended up winning 3-1 in that, in that final match, actually, so I ended up getting the, uh, the insurance goal there at the end to kind of seal the deal there. Just as soon as that, as soon as that final whistle blew, or as soon as you, you guys got that got that third goal, what was going through your guys' minds?
2: Yeah, after that third goal, man, it, it took the wind out of their sails. I felt like
1: because mm-hmm. they were like, oh dang, we're still in it at two one. But then when it came three one, we're like, all right, game over. Got right. in the bag. And it was it was three one in the second minute of the stoppage time. There's mm. really nothing they could do at that point.
0: I want to talk a little bit about the the exposure that you guys got as far as you know local news and local TV stations kind of really kind of kind of giving you guys a, a bit of a platform and kind of talking about your team and talking about the league a little bit. What was that like to to kind of have that exposure and and kind of not only your team but but the league as a whole to kind of get that get that platform as you know one of the only sports really going at the time. You know, what was it like to sort of have that platform and and you know be on the news at night and kind of featured like that?
1: Um, Yeah, it was was a a great opportunity for us for exposure. Um, Eau Claire has a pretty proud baseball scene, uh, but the baseball teams weren't playing uh, this summer. So the news wanted to cover something local that was happening. Uh, We gave them that opportunity, and it was a a great match for both of us. Um, We have a a great connection with WQOW here in the city. Uh, Their reporters were very good about reaching out to us, um, coming to our practices, coming to our matches, covering us. Once they started, other media started paying attention as well, it trickled over to the, the local paper, the Leader Telegram, it trickled over to WEAU, uh, which is the other TV station. And um, it was a huge help to us to be able to raise some awareness of our, of our team, of our brand, of the league itself. Uh, we wanna grow, the league wants to grow. Eau is the biggest city in the league's market. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just naturally a good thing that media took it and ran with it.
2: And I I just want to give a big shout out to uh, Regis High School, which gave us our only home match of the season, which was absolutely incredible of them. With Mm. all the other fields in Eau Claire shut down, Regis stepped up to the plate. We're like, we'll let you play a home game
0: here. Nice. And so
2: we got we got both TV stations, Leader Telegram. Fans were lining the sidelines, which was absolutely incredible. The atmosphere was amazing. Uh, and we got to come away with, uh, I believe we scored, Josh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe we scored the game winner in about the 93rd minute of that wow. game. And we played Lobos in that game, which was pretty much the deciding factor of we take first, we take second in the league came down to, we had one home game all season long and we took care of business at home.
1: And you're being humble, David, because it was you that scored the the second and third goals
0: in that match. <laughs>
2: It, it was Josh. I just didn't want to say it, okay?
0: <laughs> the hometown hero himself, David Ripplinger. Let's talk about the history of Bateau FC a little bit because you mentioned this is your this is your second year in the WPASL, but this is technically your first as you know labeled as Bateau FC. So talk about the history of the club a little bit and how you guys came to be the the, the champs of the WPASL. David,
1: you
2: want to go on this one? Oh I got this one, Josh. So so Josh <laughs> is new to the area, right? He moved here. Before our very first season in the WPSL. So he moved here a few months before that and we added him to the team, which was great. And now he's our social media guy and Josh, you're doing a great job. But before he came here, um, uh, our vice president, Larry and Boga, uh, runs a parks and rec team called the Eau Claire boys. And I myself also run a parks and rec team called heat FC. And we are very heated rivals yet great friends. Um, before heat fc and eau claire boys existed there was just eau claire boys with larry and boga i used to play on eau claire boys with larry and then our team started to get too large where it we we played a 7v7 parks and league, right and we would have three lines on our bench And it it felt like hockey after a while, five minutes in, five minutes out, five minutes in five minutes. And I felt like line changes across the board. Yeah. Fresh legs, fresh legs, fresh. And so I, I told Larry, I'm like, I'm going to split off, man. No offense while playing with you, but I'm going to split off. And then that created heat FC. And that's where the rivalry came in was we used to be teammates and now we're opponents, but we're friends. And, uh, Our two teams then met in the championship of this Parks and Rec League every single year for like seven years running. (laughs) And uh, then after a while, we're like, there's got to be something more out there than a 7v7 co-ed Parks and Rec. Not not bashing Mm -hmm. them at all. I love playing in that league. It's a great, like, community thing. And they grow soccer in our community, which is amazing.
1: Fits my skill level perfectly.
2: We. We, we wanted we wanted more competition. We wanted something more. And, and so uh, uh, Larry was really good at reaching out to um, – his name is Axel Berger in Rice Lake. He also had a Parks and Rec League. We're like, we got to get something started. And we had been playing friendlies against Barron, right? Our heated rivals in the WPSL was Barron. Mm-hmm. Before the league started, us and Barron for, I'd say, two or three years, played 11 v. 11 friendly matches just us two. And mm-hmm. so like they'd win some, we'd win some, they'd win some, we'd win some. And it was, it was a good time. We had cookouts after some of them just yeah. to kind of grow the community. And then, uh, so, and, uh, the manager of that team, his name is Levon. And so Levon and Axel and Larry and myself, we wanted more. And then, uh, I don't know how Caden Bergman came on the scene, but he's the, the president of WPASL. Mm-hmm. and he messaged me out of the blue one day on Facebook. I'm like, who's this dude messaging me right now? Like, he's like, my name is Caden Bergman. I'm starting a league in Northwest Wisconsin. Would you like to join? I'm like, I didn't respond right away. I went to Larry. and yeah. like, Larry, Larry, who is this dude? Like, do we trust him? Like, yeah. Is it legit? And, and uh, then he's like, yeah, yeah. He got your name from Axel. And we knew Axel. So we're like, okay, mm-hmm. if Axel trusts him, we can. And so, so uh, we had some meetings with him. Uh, he came to a couple pickup soccer things in eau claire during the winter so we got to know him there um and he seemed like a a great guy to work with so uh we entered the league and we're just and we haven't looked back since we are the regular season champs twice so it's been great
0: i'll have to let caden Uh, know that you were initially skeptical initially thought he might have been (laughs) like a like a facebook bot or something
2: it was, it, it was interesting. Like, I don't know, like social media, it can be such a great tool to use. Mm. and such a bad tool at the same time. So yeah. you're like, you're like, is this a real person? Is this not a real person? <laughs> like, is he from another country or like?
1: Yeah. If I could provide a little bit more concise context. Uh, I mean, the, the overall history is fantastic. And, and I didn't know most of that. So it's good to learn. <laughs> um, but uh, so last season we played under the name Eau Claire Heat FC, just a straight up, combination of the two Parks and Rec teams with a few players sprinkled in from other Parks and Rec teams. Um, And uh, David's always told me since I'd moved up here, um, a lot of the players on this team, we all met during open play or during Parks and Rec and uh, just felt that we had great camaraderie amongst the group and felt that we could make a team out of it.
0: Obviously this season, you know, crazy circumstances with the pandemic implications, what were your feelings on the 2020 season as a whole and, you know, what the WPASL put together considering the health situation that, you know, we still seem to be in?
1: I think a lot of us were pretty skeptical at first. Um, Back in maybe March when things were kind of coming to a head, we weren't certain if the league was going to go forward. Um, Around May, Caden voiced his intentions that he wanted the league to go forward and Uh, we as the board at, at Eau Claire amateur soccer, which is the controlling group of Botel FC decided and voted that we wanted to participate because uh, we had a a healthy roster of players that wanted to participate. And um, we felt that it was a a good opportunity for all of us. And we all knew the risks. We all assumed the risks, um, but uh, we all also just love to play the game. And um, I feel, or we feel that, uh, although COVID has definitely made its presence felt up in the Chippewa Valley. Um, As long as we took care of one another, we were smart about the situation. Um, We distanced ourselves during trainings as much as possible and then during matches as much as possible as well uh, Mm -hmm. that we could avoid any serious health complications. And uh, by all accounts, I believe we did. We didn't have any reported illnesses within our team, Um, only a few within the league, and those were nipped in the bud right away. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, when things are all said and done, um, it was a a good decision to go forward and play and, um,
0: we're happy that nothing serious happened. David, what what were your thoughts about the, about the league moving forward and kind of how everything went?
2: We had our ups and downs. We, we had our good moments. We had our bad moments. Um, but, uh, that I feel adds to any great season. Um, You see in the European leagues where when a season comes down to the very last week and the very last game of the season, you love it as a fan, as a player, um, you couldn't ask for anything more. Um, Huge, huge shout out to Caden. He dealt with his fair share of drama and I'm sure he contacted every health department in every city of every team that played in the league. And (laughs) when – when you have teams so spread out in all of Northwest Wisconsin, you may have Eau Claire County's health department say one thing, but Hayward, they're uh, the say something completely different. And so it was um, just creating those relationships and learning to work together um, for a common goal. And we set great guidelines and we followed them. But like Josh had said, we we made sure we were distance as much as we could. Um, we did have players wear masks at times. Um,
1: I was one and, of
2: them. Yep, Josh was one of them. Um, we, we also, for, for our Bateau FC team, uh, we asked that if players felt ill at all or um, if they had any symptoms to please not show up.
0: Yeah. Not that
2: we didn't want them right. there, but uh, we were just trying to be safe and respectful and Absolutely. conscious of everybody else, on our, not only on our team, but the rest of the league as well. Um, we, we like to call ourselves a soccer family. So, family first, competition second. Exactly. Their safety and everything absolutely comes first um, every day of the week. And, like, we reiterated that um, not only to our team, um, but when WQOW came during the one uh, outbreak we had. Um, but, like Josh said, we nipped it in the butt right away. We, uh, we had to postpone games for a week. So, we had that 14 days of uh, quarantine for some of the players. Um, but uh, after that, like, we were completely honest at all times. Um, and, uh, like Josh said, we, our team came through healthy as can be no positive cases on Eau Claire Pateau. So, uh, and we came away with the championship. So, uh, good times, bad times. Uh, we rolled through and, uh, I think everybody worked together.
0: Uh, and it was
2: just a positive experience.
0: Yeah, I think, I think, you know, making sure that, that everybody can go through that 14-day quarantine with, with you, know, you know, postponing a week or removing a week from the schedule, I think. I mean, that's huge. I mean, that's the quarantine, you know, the mandated quarantine that, that they, they recommend that you take. And the fact that you're able to take that in the middle of the season and make sure everybody was good to go, uh, that's, that, that's telling to me that, you know, that things really worked and, and the processes in place seem to work and everybody ended up, you know, being okay at the end of the year, which is obviously the most important thing.
1: Absolutely. It was a wise move on, on um, the, uh, the lead president on Caden to make that happen, just to ensure everybody was moving forward at a, at a good direction.
0: Definitely. So let's switch gears here and talk about each of your your personal backgrounds in soccer. You know, you know where you've been and how you guys have, have sort of ended up with Pateau. So, uh, Josh, you want to go first? Yeah. Um,
1: so my soccer background isn't uh, too robust, but I have been playing the game since uh, I was uh, in K-5. Um, grew up playing just for my schools and, uh, played a little bit in high school before dropping out of it. Um, got back into the adult recreation scene in Milwaukee when I lived down there, um, which just, uh, one thing turned to the next. And then I started playing more and more and then eventually moved up here, met David within a couple of weeks of moving up here. And I guess the rest is history. Um, beyond, uh, beyond my involvement as a player, I also coach. Uh, with the local uh, youth club, Eau Claire United. Okay. Um, I've uh, worked with the U18s, U16s, uh, U14s, and currently I'm working with the U9s and 10s.
2: My, my background is a little bit more robust than Josh's. <laughs> um, um, I, the local club that he coaches for, I grew up playing for that club. So it's uh, Eau Claire United here. Um, my, uh, my team won a state championship with MYSA at the top level. Um, when I was playing uh, for that Eau Claire United team. Um, I went on to play in college. I know Ethan is listening in. So, Ethan, before there was a varsity team at UW-Eau Claire, we just had a club team. And so I played for UW-Eau Claire's club team uh, in college. So uh, I'm really excited that UW-Eau Claire is getting a varsity team now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, yeah, I wish they would have had one when I was there, But uh, <laughs> after like – Right. After playing for uh, UW-Eau Claire, I moved uh, on to – Eau Claire used to have an NPSL team here, and that's, fingers crossed, what we're hoping to accomplish with this Pato FC team moving forward, into... whether it's NPSL or UPSL or some higher league. We're
1: looking Midwest Premier League.
0: Breaking news. Future. <laughs> tweet it out as soon as we're done.
2: <laughs> but uh, No, so I, uh, I played for the Eau Claire Aris FC. They're down in lacrosse now. They're still mm-hmm. playing for the NPSL. Uh, so I played a couple seasons with them. Um, then after that, um, I just played recreational with uh, Eau Claire boys to start. And we branched off to Heat FC. Um, and then uh, before I played for Bateau FC, um, I played over in the Twin Cities in the MASL with Flora City. Okay. Um, I played with their UPSL team on occasion when they enter certain tournaments. Um, and that is a wonderful club to play for. I am currently playing for them now that our Bateau FC season is over. I am uh, playing with them in the, I believe it's the Minnesota Fall Cup with their UPSLP yep. right now. We got a game in a couple weeks, so I'm excited for that. Nice. Um, so I'm, I'm always, I'm one who strives for competition and I, I seek it out. And if, if I can play at the highest level at all times, love it. Yep. Um, I, I try to keep it local teams though, if I can. And mm-hmm. uh, Vora sure. City has been more than amazing uh, to myself. And uh, I kind of saw what they were doing with forming a board and how their team was ran from a management standpoint. And uh, so we've, we've done something very similar with the toe FC here where we've created a board of representatives, Eau Claire amateur soccer. Um, we're looking in the future, obviously not only to move up leagues, but to also to create multiple teams, kind of like Valora is doing over in the twin cities as well. So um, we've had conversations. I've, I've personally had conversations with their Uh, management there. I'm like, Hey, what are you guys doing? Um, Maybe we can do something similar. Maybe we can set up friendlies, uh, something to to kind of mirror what they're doing. Cause when you see a successful club and how they're growing and just the following they're getting is absolutely amazing. So um, that's, that's maybe a little selfish on my part that I Mm -hmm. love that club so much, but uh, Josh is very pro uh,
1: forward Madison. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I suppose uh, as a supporter, big forward Madison fan. Uh, Milwaukee Torrent fan, uh, and then internationally Tottenham, but we're not to talk about that. Um,
0: <laughs> no, let's stop. I'm just kidding. We're not going to talk about it.
1: <laughs> to provide a little bit of context in terms of, like, the moving up leagues, we don't want to ditch Wapassel either. We want to maybe do something that Duluth FC is doing, where they have their academy team playing in Wapasle and then they obviously have their um, adult team playing in the NPSL. That could be a view for us as, as well at one point.
0: Got it. Um, so David, you mentioned playing with Laura here in the Minnesota fall cup, Josh, any soccer plans as you head into the fall or, or kind of, what do you, what do you plan on doing here?
1: Uh, currently just coaching, um, and then training independently, or maybe with a few, a uh, few of the teammates, uh, just, to remain fit and, um, possibly taking part in the friendlies as well that we have, okay. uh, scheduled for a couple weeks out.
0: Very cool. And, and a couple friendlies with, with local Minneapolis clubs, right?
2: Yeah, we are planning to play. They were called Simba United last year. Um, I think they changed their name now. Um, But uh, Simba United plays in the MRSL. There's so many leagues in Minnesota. Right. (laughs) Um, Minnesota Recreational Soccer League. I believe they're one of the higher divisions. Um, We have a relationship Mm -hmm. with uh, one of their players who actually uh, played for our Bateau team last year. It was Duke Ramsey is his name and he plays for that Minneapolis area team. And so uh, we've created that relationship with them over the last couple of years where in our off season, we like to play friendlies with them, whether it's during the winter and just a 77 game um, at our local Oakland or sports center, or uh, whether it's an 11 v 11 match in the fall or the spring, uh, we played them a few different times over the last couple of years. So we're going to, we plan on playing them. Uh, we have also um, reaching out to uh, granite city. So, uh, we're, we wanna, we want to we want to test the waters a little bit. We want to mm-hmm. see like uh, are are we ready for that uh, UPSL level? Because uh, they're 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 competing a level up from us. So uh, uh, just to test the waters, see where we're at, where how we fit with the UPSL clubs. Uh, do we compete uh, or do we get absolutely shelled, or somewhere <laughs> in the middle? Like
0: only time will tell, right? That is correct. Absolutely. All right, so uh, you had mentioned, uh, Josh, you're a soccer fan I'm a little bit, being a Tottenham fan, forward Madison. David, do you, are you a big soccer fan, and, and who are your clubs?
2: I, uh, I am an MLS fan, first and yeah. foremost. Just letting you know, I'm a Minnesota United fan. I'm, I'm really glad they have a team in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and I'm loving how the MLS is continuing to grow. Um, I've loved seeing players come and go. Um, we actually had a uh, local Eau Claire player uh, play for Minnesota United. Uh, that was Patrick McLean. Mm. Um, I played against him when I was in high school. So okay. that's selfish on my part, I'm like, yes, Patrick McLean playing for him, even though he got very few minutes. I think he was like a third string goalie for him and barely mm. ever got
1: in. But uh,
2: I think he played a couple matches. And um, yeah, he, you can also
1: probably talk about their youth goalkeeper yeah. that just moved to Portland too. Hey, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Um, I I
2: coach for Eau Claire United as well as what Josh does, our local club, the one I played for. I coach for them as well. Um, And I had a player that I coached when he was U11, U12. His name is Jack Morris. Uh, He played, he's from Eau Claire. um, And at U13, he decided he wanted to play at the next level. So he went and joined Minnesota United's Academy team. Well, During COVID this year, they kind of shut down their academy team. Yep. And so uh, he put some feelers out there. And now Jack Morris is playing for the Portland Timbers Academy team. Wow. I believe I believe it's their, Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, U-17 team, U-19? I, I don't know.
1: I think he's with the U-19, uh, but with a view to be with uh, Timbers, too, within the next year or so. Nice.
2: So we we got some local talent coming out of Eau Claire, whether it's uh, Patrick McLean playing for the Loons or Jack Morris. Now he's going with the Portland Timbers, which is really exciting for Eau Claire to see local talent going to that next level. Um, So I follow the Loons a lot. That's, that's my team. And Josh's team is the Timbers. So I think he's a little excited that Jack's going there, but uh, I'm, I'm also a big Chelsea fan. I mean, Christian Christian Pulisic kind of helps with that. Having
0: some- just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> having the best American soccer player on the club just just helps slightly. Hey, let, let's I mean, not forget about Gio Reyna. Uh, he's <laughs> I mean,
1: man, he just him, but-
0: man, just his kind of uh, emergence this year. Just, it's it's so exciting. I mean, the future for a U.S. men's national team is already exciting, but to see Gio and to see Christian the way he's playing, you know, in the best league in the world. I mean, it's 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 super exciting. Hey, can yeah. we say can we say Weston McKinney now to uh, yeah to to, to, U- U- to Juve? Yeah, I'm a Juve U- fan now. I'm I'm I was a Schalke fan when Weston was there because I love Weston McKinney. He's one of my favorite guys. So I made myself a Schalke fan because when Bundesliga was the only league going, I had to pick a Bundesliga team. So I picked Schalke. But now that he's not there anymore, I don't have to watch them lose every single week. So I'm ditching my Schalke fandom and moving toward. <laughs> Uh, Juve and I, I probably will I, I might I might jump on the Dortmund bandwagon when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, Bundesliga we'll see
1: Schalke fans I mean, will never accept you back and that's probably for the best That's okay.
2: I mean I, I'm <laughs> just saying what 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 Lampard's doing with Chelsea right now and just revamping that
1: mm-hmm.
2: Like the amount of signings that he's had in the last month it's gonna, be, it's gonna as look as like up. a brand new team
0: I was I was talking to uh one of one of the regulars we have in the pod is Jacob Schneider he writes for one of the local uh, uh Minnesota United blogs here he's a big international soccer guy we we've been talking a lot he's a big Chelsea fan too we've been talking about how you know the the big four clubs have really uh, spent a lot of money this offseason, and could we could see kind of a redominance of, of those clubs in the Premier League, whereas the teams like Wolves and like Leicester and like those kind of second-tier clubs that have sort of made their way into Europa League and fringe Champions League contention, they're going to have a tough time keeping up.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree with that, uh, especially with uh, Spurs taking uh, Doherty from from Wolves. Uh, that's a big loss for Wolves and a big game for Spurs um similarly um lester's lost uh, Chilwell now to mm-hmm. chelsea uh which is uh, again a big loss for them but a great gain for chelsea
0: yeah
1: um it'll be interesting to see how those clubs respond uh how they allocate those funds and if they're able to mount another challenge again
0: definitely david how are you feeling about the blues I mean, they're going
1: to be
2: Tottenham. So I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> I, have, I have to, I have to <laughs> nudge Josh that way. He's like, nah, Tottenham's going to be in the top four. I'm like, I'm sorry, Josh. They're always an outlooker. They've got to be like five, six every year,
1: maybe lower. They're not like, a top uh, four. Uh, November, November 28th, man.
0: <laughs> Josh, <laughs> you, uh, you going to watch play. the, uh, the prime documentary at all? On, on I've space? already started. already started yeah so
1: they have three episodes out now they're releasing another three next monday so already is is it
0: painful or interesting to watch um it's
1: more interesting because you get a behind the scenes look into what happens uh at halftime during the team talks uh what happens on the training ground that you don't see every day um The first 20 minutes of the first episode were a little painful because that was what documented Pochettino's uh, sort of demise and Mm -hmm. eventual sacking. Um, It was kind of hard to relive that being I'm a huge Pochettino supporter and and fan Mm -hmm. of his work. But uh, uh, ultimately, he's not with the club anymore. So life goes on.
0: Both of us are part of the uh, Lower League E-Cup's Battle of the Kits. Not only is the Bateau FC kit, but the 10K kit is involved as well. Uh, I voted for you. Um, oh, thank you. Likewise. Likewise. So I'm glad awesome. we're supporting Appreciate each Appreciate the support, yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for either of us, though, because neither of us made the top two of our, I guess, respective first-round matchups. Uh, right. So it looks like we're actually going to be, I think, we're going to be in, like, the same, like, runoff wild card vote later this week. Uh, how are we feeling about our chances to, to move on that way?
1: Um, it's going to be
0: difficult. You know, even the teams that didn't make the uh, the
1: next round uh, proper, are uh, they've got some great kits. Oh my gosh, uh, yeah. and, and it's, it's so hard to compete against, uh, <laughs> especially with uh, some clubs, you know, going through Icarus or SCADA or some of those reputable uh, small brands that yeah. they just make some of the most uh, – honestly the word i'm going to use is delicious some of those oh kits my gosh. are absolutely yeah, some of those delicious. kits are amazing
0: so I have, to, like, um, I have to like physically force myself not to like seek out how to buy those kits because it's like oh I would yeah. be dropping so much money
1: <laughs> our uh, our goalkeeper and treasurer already purchased a palm beach kit after seeing them in our that's, group
0: ugh. some yeah, of those kits yeah. are awesome
1: man yeah and, and that's another i think that's an icarus kit um mm. so like the work that they do is phenomenal um you know, we've got our work cut out for us in, in terms of uh, not only for the lower League E-Cup uh, battle of the kits, but also moving forward, trying to notch ourselves up a level and, and get uh, maybe even a more attractive kit. I,
2: I don't know who entered us in that E-Cups. I don't know if you or whoever nominated us. It was so, Caden. A, it was Caden. Maybe I can get some more votes. Y'all, like, this is the kit to go with. This is our black <laughs> kit. It looks better Worse. than our white one. Like,
1: we're stuck. Uh, we're stuck with the white kid, unfortunately. That was the one that Caden threw a picture up. So that's mm-hmm. that's what we have to go
0: with. But that Caden, oh well.
1: it's a fun thing.
0: Him. Yeah, it is it, a fun I, thing, I, and it, it gives a yeah. lot of uh, good exposure to to some of these lower clubs and their kits, and absolutely. especially the clubs who have the option to purchase and buy those kits and kind of bring in bring in some funds to help help run the club. I think it's definitely a good thing. So absolutely. Um, all right, who do you, where do you think you guys rank in terms of the best kits in the WPASL?
1: Oh, number one, easily. Number one, yeah, yeah, uh, it's
0: without question. Um,
1: uh, I, I don't, I don't really have uh, facts to back it up, but uh, I just think
0: uh... <laughs> from a completely <laughs> but, uh... unbiased point of view, it's obviously <laughs> yes. number one, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. There's no question. Um, I, I, I like our black kit a lot. I think it's unique. Um, the The triangle <laughs> geogra- or geometry on the bottom kind of symbolizes the trees, which we are in the North Woods mm-hmm. of and Wisconsin, just, 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 or kind
0: of the start of it. So
2: putting this out there, Josh, our black kids, we have never lost in our black kids.
0: That's very true, undefeated in the in the blacks, huh? Is it, yes. is it five wins? Five wins? Yeah, five five six wins, wins even?
2: I, I don't know. We might have we might have worn our blacks more than five times, just because we think we, we won six
1: times. times. So I think five, so. yeah. five one and zero. Oh. I, I, think, I think 6-0-0
0: because, yeah, we okay. um, lost twice
1: in our white kids and we won twice. Yeah, six uh, six matches,
0: six wins. Wow. You got to keep that going. Just wear them all year next year. So, uh, tell we are, tell we all, all the other teams back. they can't wear black. We, we're, we're, we have dibs. <laughs> we're the champs. We have
1: dibs. We're, we're bringing the black kids back for next year as far as I know. So uh, hopefully, long may this uh, win streak continue for those ones. The white ones, we are retiring. Oh, uh, sad. They, they served us not so well, but they served us. And I, I'll,
2: I'll put a shout out there to Lobos in our league. I actually really enjoyed their kits. Like, they had the red and white stripes. They were going classic look. I mean, yeah. I, I enjoyed those ones. Out of, out of any kit in the league, they were pretty creative with that one.
1: I, I do like Hayward's white kits as well. Um, they're, they're simple,
0: but I like the pinstripes on them. I think it's a classic look. Hayward uh, Lobos, nothing wrong with second and third. Nothing wrong with silver <laughs> and bronze behind behind the gold medal kit in the uh, in the bateau blacks. Sure. I, I think
1: Hayward would take second or third, considering that they did not finish
0: second or third this season. Ooh.
2: <laughs>
0: nice. All right. On that note, uh, Josh Ramft and David Ripplinger from the 2020 WPASL primary cup champions, Bateau FC. I I appreciate the time so much, guys. Thank you so much for taking a little bit to talk to me today and enjoy being champs. Yes, thank you,
1: Jeremy, for having us on. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity for all of us and uh, uh, looking forward to continuing to talk to you in the future. Definitely looking forward to it. Thanks
2: Thanks for having
1: us, Jeremy.